This is Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 40, Uma's Coaching Story. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal-getting, fear-facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi-certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me as I challenge you to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you are meant to be. Let's do this. Miss Unstoppable Woman, welcome to the show. So excited to have you today. Today I'm interviewing one of my clients. Her name is Uma Manny Babu, and she resides in London, England. So you're in for a treat today with her amazing and beautiful accent. And she's an accountant by day and a blogger by night. Uma and I met about a year ago, so it would have been spring 2019. And we had come in contact with one another because we both love a tool called the Power Sheets. And if you've followed me for a while, you know I love Power Sheets. I'm always talking about them. They're from a tool called um, Cultivate What Matters. It's the company. And so we met that way. I started coaching her a little bit on how to make her goals with her Power Sheets. And then about this time last year, as I said, she posted in that community that her birthday was coming up and every time her birthday came around, it just made her feel sad because she would start with her goals and not be able to complete them. And she just felt like she was having the same emotions over and over again, and she didn't know how to escape them. So I just gave her some assessments to kind of dig a little deeper. We found out she has a strength called empathy high, which is very common for people who are sensitive is to feel the same emotions over and over again. And I told her, frankly, that life didn't have to be where she was recycling emotions and it didn't have to be where every birthday came around and she felt disappointed. So she took the leap to start to work with me, and over this past year, we have worked through all of my coaching programs together, and it's been such a joy to work with her and to see her grow and to see her not have those same emotions over and over again and go after a new job and get that new job and, in essence, make back her coaching investment And then that investment will just continue to pay back in her pocket. We also cleaned up some money blocks for her and some spending habits and got her to some healthy habits with her working out and all this other stuff. Uma tells a story in such a beautiful way. You're in for such a treat and I can't wait to share it with you. So without further ado, here is my interview with Uma. Uma, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your coaching journey with everybody. I am thrilled to have you here. Oh my gosh, yay. Yay. Okay, so Uma, one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on the show is because you had a pretty good life before coaching started. Like there weren't huge pain points, but there were some pain points, obviously. So kind of tell us about what life was like about, oh gosh, a year ago before you and I started working together. Oh gosh, it feels like such a long time ago now, but 
I actually was reading through some of my old journals because I was doing a bit of digging. And like one of the main things I noticed was kind of like the same things coming up again and again, kind of like the same arguments, the same feelings, kind of just like being on autopilot and then just repeating everything again and again and again. And I was kind of at a point where I was like, is this how it's supposed to be? Or is there just like kind of something wrong with me? And I was kind of like going between the two questions. And then I was kind of just thinking, okay, maybe this is just how it's supposed to be. And I kept going, but then nothing changed. So it was just like a, what was it? It's kind of like like a status quo. So I'd be like, yeah, this is just how life's meant to be. But then it didn't feel right. So it's kind of like, it's like being in a film where every day is just the same. Yeah. So you're kind of stuck on a hamster wheel. Yeah, that's pretty much my life, especially with a corporate job and everything. Like the corporate job was good. It wasn't like great. But then I was like, you know what? I should be grateful. I have this. I have like my family. But then it's kind of like there's still that puzzle piece missing. And I just, I couldn't work out what it was. Yeah. And some of the old posts that I found from your posts in our Facebook community back in the day was um, one you said in December 2018. And I asked you the question, what's held me back this past year? And you said, my mind, self-doubt and lack of belief in myself. I was so afraid of failing be it exams or at work, I didn't try because if there was an option to fail. This meant I was only setting surface level goals. You also said I'm wanting to please everybody and ending up upsetting myself the most, allowing myself to be swayed by others' opinions and voices. The next thing you listed oh, wow. was I didn't follow through on a lifelong dream to become a blogger and write regularly. I started, but I didn't commit. I became afraid of what a successful blogger might look like. And then the last thing you said is just lack of time to pursue fitness goals. I felt like housework and my office job took more time and I had no time for bar classes that I really love. I struggled to manage my time productively. And then you said at the end, wow, this is so hard for me to write, but I'm glad it's in black and white now. Oh my gosh, that feels like such a long time ago. Like, wow. Because these are things you don't struggle with anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously the blog is something that's still yeah. passion and still needs to be ground. But in regards to wanting to please everybody, kind of tell us what life is like now. It's definitely, it's, it's kind of hard to like explain, but at the same time, it's completely different because like even with exams, like I'm not the most like academic person, but if something interests me, I'll be like, you know what, I really want to learn and learn something new and then get from knowing nothing about it to being like, oh, that's really interesting but pushing myself kind of through all those exams it was great because when I finished it my parents were like that's absolutely amazing you passed everything first time but then it was kind of like okay uh I've done all of that now what next and a lot of that like the corporate life doing the accountancy was kind of for other people a little bit for myself as well because I was like you know what I can do this and then it will be an achievement whereas now it's kind of like I spend a lot more time in reflection, writing, journaling, and it's kind of just the same questions that come up where I'm like, right, what do I want to do now? And instead of just stopping and being like, okay, you know what, I'll deal with that tomorrow, I actually answer that question and think, you know, okay, right now I'm going to go and do some Pilates or I'm going to keep writing or I'm going to just do like the outline of a blog post. And it's kind of just the whole routine has changed. It's like I'm just thinking about what I want to do first instead of thinking about what I want to do last. Yeah. And two, you have tools now. Yeah, a lot more. I mean, yeah, because before you would just get stuck and just be like, well, I guess this is it. 
Like that's yeah. the best it can get. And the other thing I hear in there too, Uma, is that before your life had been pre-planned so well, yeah. it was like, I go and do this and I go and do this. And then when you and I met, you were kind of nearing the last checked box in a lot of ways, especially professionally, it seemed. Yeah. Of, okay, I go and I take this exam. And then I remember after you took that exam and you passed because you had all that mindset drama going into it of I'm not going to pass and all of that because <laughs> you and I pulled that there was so much academic drama from your past that was making you feel unconfident, but yeah. you went and got you passed and then you were like, well, what's next? Like I've, yeah. got, I've checked the boxes now. What is it? Um, and so then we really had to figure out, okay, what is it for you? What is the big picture? Do you feel like we did that well? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's quite scary when you spend a lot of your life in a corporate job. That's all you know. And then like with me, I finished the exams and I was like, oh, okay, so I've done that. And then it's kind of like this massive gap opens up. And then I think that's where like with me starting like Authentically Awesome, it just it happened at the, the perfect time because I was at that point where I kind of needed to kind of find my feet and then be like, okay, I need to find the next step of what's next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because again, you know, you didn't have a lot to clean up. We had some academic drama from your past, things that as a child you kind of processed from your parents in just a highly emotional way. But when we went back and looked at it as an with an adult with a logical brain, it was like, okay, that makes sense, right? Would you agree, Emma? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but for whatever reason, because you're so sensitive with your high empathy, you would just. Um, internalize this remember and you just have all these kind of negative thoughts you said that just kept going over and over again when really it just took a couple really quick and easy things for us to clean it up is that how you feel yeah I feel like in a way I'm quite lucky because it wasn't like I was dealing with like kind of massive trauma it's more I guess like self-trauma things that I was putting myself under pressure for so in a way I was kind of lucky that I was able to use the tools to kind of just it's like you say, clean it up instead of just like radically change everything. It was kind of like tiny, tiny things to work on a bit at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And you just needed those tools, I think, because yeah. so, so, so much you'd come home and I remember you saying, oh, I'll just veg out in front of the TV and eat snacks. And yeah. I don't really know how to intentionally use my time. And so we just had to kind of get you past that hump and get you moving. With that said, Uma, here's another post I found. It was September 2019, and you said, I've used power sheets for the past three years, but normally by summer, I've either given up or I start wishing the way away. Oh, the year away. I can't talk. Not <laughs> this year. I'm looking forward to the final quarter of 2019 to really dig in. Lindsay, thank you so much for this group. It's the accountability I needed. And then you kind of went on. So what was it about coaching that allowed you to finally stick with your goals? I think so I remember when I first sort of followed you on Instagram and you were talking about sort of like empathy and then the whole power sheets process and I think before like when I tried to set goals on my own I did this thing where I'd look on Instagram and be like oh okay so and so's got a really like interesting goal that seems really interesting how can I add that to my power sheets and I'd add it in and then make no progress on it and then it was like okay so I wanted something like that for a reason that's why it's in my power sheets but I kind of couldn't get behind the whole like what I really wanted which sounds really strange because I was like oh how do I not know what I want myself Mm. and then doing the whole kind of like power sheets powerhouse group with the whole introduction and I remember you had this kind of like weekly sort of this first introduction week of like five different slides 
And I was reading them thinking, okay, so I've been doing the process completely the other way around of being like, let me just follow what other people do. And somehow all the goals will come out of it. I did the coaching group and it was like, okay, so there are all of these other blocks in the way that are kind of stopping me from getting to the actual goal. And I was kind of doing it in a way of what do I want? Put it down on paper without really looking at all the other stuff that was in the way. And I think that's the bit that coaching helped with. It's like, okay, where are your blocks? Focus on them. And then after that, so once I'd gone through that whole power sheets powerhouse process, the goals that came out of that and coaching are kind of like goals that I've still got now because they're things that they'll change on a year-to-year basis but the actual root of the goal is something that means something to me and that's something I didn't expect to get out of coaching especially on power sheets yeah so I hear two things correct me if I'm wrong the first thing I hear is you were just not aware of what your blocks were you just kind of thought maybe there's something wrong with me that's why I can't follow through The other thing I hear is you were kind of looking externally of, oh, that looks good. That looks good. And maybe even if you were drawn to it and it's something you wanted, you didn't have a deeper why of why is it that important to me? Because like you said, like the working out piece of having that strong, consistent workout, it would have been on your power sheets for a long time. And I remember you really wanted it, but you could not find the motivation for it. And then all of a sudden it just started sticking after we worked together for a bit. Um, and now I got you like work out every day. It's so awesome. (laughs) Um, but you, you found a deeper why, right? Absolutely. I think that was the, like the main thing because I read a lot and I see a lot on YouTube about people saying, okay, what's your why? And for some reason for me, I couldn't connect with what my why was because I was like, okay, I've got all of this stuff to work through. I was so far away from working out what my why was that I kind of almost just gave up. Yeah, because it just seemed too hard. Yeah, it just seemed too far away. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to keep going with the superficial goals and post on Instagram. And then I'd be like, I'm not getting anywhere. And then I realized because they weren't my goals in the first place. Yeah, yeah, because you hadn't gone deeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so many of us can relate to that. I know I can in my past. I would set all these goals. I'd be like, yes, I'm going to accomplish this. I want this so bad. And then I think, why can't I go after this? Why can't I get this done? Why is it that I sit around in these free moments instead of going after my dreams? Um, it's crazy, so like, isn't it? It's so crazy. Okay, so let's go back to Uma, gosh, about a year ago, I guess. Yeah. And you're taking the leap to invest in coaching. So you did um, Life Lovers first, and you also yeah. bought Solidify Your Strengths, I think, too, right? That you kind of oh, did yeah. Your own. yeah. Yeah. And so we did Life Lovers together as a group, and then you went into Become an Unstoppable Woman, and you did that one technically one-on-one. So we had nine one-on-one calls, and you also had some group calls that you could jump in on. And then um, we went into Authentic Become Authentically Awesome in the fall, and we actually started that one, and then we took a break, and then we came back in it with fresh eyes in January because you had some family stuff that you wanted to handle. So I just want to give everyone kind of a perspective so kind of start to finish it was about seven months but we had that break in there so it's been about a year so let's go back though a year and you're about to make an investment in unstoppable and you made that big investment of that one-on-one and what was it that you said okay I'm gonna invest in myself and I'm gonna do this oh gosh It's, it's so different thinking back to like where I was at the start of unstoppable I think there's so many different things going around my head at the time 
because I was using social media, I was following you, I was kind of seeing your Instagram stories. And then I was kind of doing a bit of the kind of personal development work and like learning, but definitely not as much as I do now. And I think the main thing that got me to invest was realizing that almost like I could learn the tools and have someone support me along the way because I've always kind of thought, no, no, I've got to do this on my own. And if I'm going to fix myself, it has to come from me. But then the other side of me was like, but I've done this by myself. And I just keep having the same thing come up again and again and again. So whatever I'm doing, it's kind of not, it's not getting me further and it's not allowing me to grow. So I was like, okay, let's have a look, see what's out there. And I kind of, even in doing that, I was like, but can I really invest in a coach to help me change my life? It was kind of like I had, I still had a lot of doubts and that's kind of what Unstoppable helped with. But at that time when I invested, I was like, okay, so financially I can do this. But then there was something that was like, oh, I, I don't know if I like want to do it. It's kind of like I was kind of second guessing myself and trying to talk myself out of it at the same time of saying, you know, what, I know I need this. And then and I think, I can't remember what it was. I kind of had like an argument, the same argument with my boyfriend and family. And I was like, oh gosh, what if coaching could help me through that to a point where I'm no longer kind of feeling triggered? And I think that was the word, sort of not being triggered was like, okay, now I know that I need to invest in a coach. And it's kind of been the same thing looking back, that like doing all of this coaching has helped me through the triggers. So now it's like, if I hadn't have done that, I would still be getting triggered over the sort of the same, like tiny things. Yeah. You'd be living the same life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which the life wasn't bad, but you were- you were like under the surface miserable, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was kind of telling myself that I wasn't. Yeah. And that's when I just remember, again, I keep bringing up the story, but when you'd say you go home and you would just veg out in front of the TV and eat snacks and I just thought, oh man, I hope she works with me. This is not a way to live. It's just not. Yeah. A way. And the thing is at the time I was just like, you know what, this just, this is what it is. And I kept telling myself, maybe I'm just being ungrateful because so many people don't have like a regular paycheck or like access to a gym because even now maybe not with the whole coronavirus thing but there's a gym in my building and I wasn't even using it so I was just thinking maybe I should just accept it for what it is without realizing that I could change it yeah and the other thing too is that I know you wanted a closer relationship with your parents but yet yeah. you kept getting triggered by them which I think so many of us can relate to <laughs> and it was like and you didn't even know it consciously, but so many stories were going on in your head from the past that yeah. just needed to be looked at again and healed because they came from a child's perspective. And once you did, you know, your relationship has changed. So can you kind of talk about your, your relationship with your parents now? Yeah, I think now, like the conversations that I'm having, they're a lot more mature. They're a lot more, it's less of kind of a parent-daughter relationship and more of like two friends. And I think getting to that point, took such a long time because before it was like I was talking to my parents from a point of view where they would be kind of coaching me or giving me advice and being like you know you can do this you've got this and then I'd walk away from the phone call and be like yeah okay you know I I needed my parents for the advice and to tell me that I could do it whereas now it's very much I can have a conversation with my parents about ordering stuff on Amazon or like just like whatever exercise they're doing or whatever exercise I'm doing. And it's a conversation. It's 
it's definitely not the kind of trigger point it used to be like a year and a half ago because it's almost like I'm looking at them as an equal and be like, you know what, you're a human being with feelings, with thoughts. And I can always learn something from you without being like, you're my mum, you're my dad. And it's more, it's literally a conversation between two friends now and it's a different relationship. Yeah. Well, in two, and I know this is from our other conversations, but what I even hear from this of what you said is that, A, you're not triggered anymore. So when your mom says something, like I remember her saying one time, Uma, you've really gained weight. You better not eat that ice cream. (laughs) And before you would get super triggered by that, as many of us would. But I remember later she saying that and you said something just really calm, but you stood up for yourself back to her and you didn't let it bother you and you just kind of took it as is. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, gained a little weight, but whatever. And and those are the little moments that create big changes because in those moments that you get triggered by it, you go to your room or wherever, and then all of a sudden it just snowballs and you feel like crap and you have all these other thoughts and then you don't go after your habits and then la 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 la, you get in a fight with somebody and it's just like it one little trigger creates such a mess. And you didn't have that anymore. And it it really opened up so many doors for you and Jay, your boyfriend. Um, And and I remember you just saying you you guys were getting closer and all that stuff. And it was just so cool to watch you get closer to your parents and your boyfriend simply by working on you. Okay, Uma, can you describe to the listeners out there what the coaching process was like for you? So kind of tell us some of the highs and the lows. So I think definitely with this whole coaching process, I loved having the workbook in terms of doing the weekly modules, having the Facebook group, having the kind of like community, but also feeling like I could go at my own pace. I think that for me was key and not feeling like it was sort of like fixed homework and being overloaded. But at the same time, I loved following your videos because it was just, it was really easy to go from one video to the next and then have the weekly calls. In terms of like highs and lows, the highs were definitely things like learning things like recording wins because I've never, I've never even known about wins as a sort of like process because I know about journaling and sort of being grateful. But what I really liked was learning about wins and then really kind of like celebrating all the small things along the way, which as you know me, I kind of, I forget the small things and just remember the big achievements. So that was definitely something I really learned and now I kind of think yeah that's something I really want to carry with me for the rest of my life mm-hmm. yeah in terms of- well I want to stop you right there because yeah. one of the big problems that you had in the past was that you didn't even want to get started unless it was perfect yeah. you were so critical of yourself of you know I'm not achieving enough and I'm not doing enough and it's funny that you say that wins because I think having that just daily small practice of doing that really helped you start to see, Hey, I am making progress every day. The little stuff does matter. And that yeah. changed the game for you. It's such a big thing because I think obviously the exams and everything, they were like massive milestones. And at that point when I was doing like the beginning of un- like unstoppable and then also authentically awesome, I didn't realize how much of, um, like a big thing it could be to celebrate the small things because I wasn't even in the habit of doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about too your spending and how your spending has changed over these past few months? Yeah. Both before so, and after. 
like, oh, yeah, that's that's definitely, like, changed dramatically. So I remember before, like, my mum, my friends, anyone who knows me, like, knowing me from, like, last year knows that I spent a lot on stationery, on books, getting my nails done. And it was kind of, like, the trigger for me was if I had a bad day at work, that would just kind of open the kind of the floodgate of spending I'd be like on the way home I'd be like you know what I had a like a really bad day at work I'm gonna go and buy myself a bag of pens or a notebook or I'm gonna book a manicure for the weekend so that however bad work gets I've got something to look forward to and it's kind of like anytime something happened the first thing I would think of is right I'm gonna treat myself to something and it will make me feel better and what was actually happening was the complete opposite I'd buy something so I'd buy like a really nice notebook but then I wouldn't use it it would just stay on one side and I'd be like oh that didn't actually make me feel better I feel worse and I've spent money and I don't know how to come back from that and the thing for me was looking back at like if I look at some of my credit card statements from last year and the year before I was spending well beyond what I was earning because I was waiting for like the next month's paycheck to come in and then be like, you know what, I'll figure it out next month or I'll get to a point and I'll somehow transfer savings and it will just somehow work itself out. And it's quite scary when I look back because I had such a confidence in being able to work it out last minute when now when I think about how much I was spending, I think to myself, how could I have been so stupid to just to keep going and almost be reckless with my credit cards. Yeah. And two, you do what so many of us have done or are doing, (laughs) if it's a listener out there, and it's that hit of endorphins by shopping. Yeah, I remember during one of the hardest parts of my life of just shopping, 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 I had so many handbags, and they weren't even nice handbags, and like signing up for memberships just to get like this little makeup thing every month, and it was insane. And I remember as you and I worked together, we did all the emotional work to cut that spending and the game. And there was a point when you weren't even looking at your credit cards and your finances and just going in and doing that. And I know so many people can relate to that almost. So thank you for sharing that with us because it's brave to do that. Yeah. Um, Okay. So kind of tell us some of the biggest results from coaching thus far. We've kind of talked about a few. The first is obviously being able to follow through not feeling like you're stuck on a hamster wheel at status quo anymore, not doing that emotional spending, not doing emotional eating too, which has been a big one. Um, What else? I think definitely like something I didn't expect was I remember you saying this in one of the original videos for Authentically Awesome, that the difference between that and was it become an unstoppable woman where you're really working through the blocks is that in authentically awesome you were teaching me and like other people following the course to kind of be their own coach and sort of look at where they're going and kind of just reflect on things and for me like I remember when I first started authentically awesome I was like how on earth am I going to get to a point where I'm trusting my own intuition my own judgment and making the decisions myself because at that point I was like oh I feel like I still need Lindsay and I still need the coaching to kind of help me maybe not even fix me but help me get to a point where I could make the decisions and one of the biggest things with doing all of this coaching is now getting to a point where I can sit and journal through something and come up with the answers and that's been like a light bulb moment 
because I was always thinking I'm going to need a coach to help me to fix this to do that and I couldn't see kind of a way past to like a different life of not needing a coach or needing a coach less and that's what I got from coaching in terms of learning the tools to really kind of sit to be still and be like okay what is it that you're feeling what is this block that you need to move through instead of just being like you know what something doesn't feel right I'm going to ignore it or I'm going to coach on it and then everything will be fixed which if that kind of makes sense yeah yeah and and this is something I wanted to bring up earlier when you were talking about your parents and your parents would give you advice and you would get off and be like, okay, right, right. Or you'd watch a YouTube video or see somebody on Instagram and say, okay, their goals, right, right, right. Because you didn't quite have a sense of what was right for you. And so it wouldn't follow through and you wouldn't do it because there was still something inside of you that was like, mm, know, this isn't quite where I want to take you. This is quite where I want to go. And so by coaching, you know, with journaling and all the other work we did, you were able to start to see what is right for me. How can I listen to myself? How can I solve my own problems? How can I guide myself in the way that I want to go? Am I hearing that correctly, Uma? Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So that was one of the other results is you've kind of become your own coach and you can work through your own problems and take and know where you want to go a lot more. Can we talk about the job stuff? Yes. Okay. So kind of tell us about the job you've had and what is up next for you. So it's kind of weird because when I look at my CV and it's been kind of quite a painful process because a lot of the corporate jobs have had the same energy. It's kind of like, because I've worked in media and advertising for quite a long time now. And throughout this whole coaching process up to now, I've kind of had the same job, but kind of packaged differently each time. And it's kind of like, I work for the same kind of boss. I work the same kind of crazy hours. And the one thing that hit me was like, I'm just doing this over and over and over again to hit the paycheck and be like, yep, I've got something in the bank. Now I can use that money to do something else. Like I can use it for a blog or I can use it for something else. But the actual job itself, I kind of never really enjoyed it, which is kind of hard to say because I've worked this hard to kind of get through my accounting exams to be like, you know what? all those exams are going to help me get to the next step in my job, except that I was in a job I didn't like. Yeah. So it was just leading down this corporate ladder to where? Yeah. 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 And I, I remember so many conversations we had on call Zumo was just, it would kind of suck your soul. Yeah. And it's because the thing is, it, it's not like it was a, a like crappy, oh, sorry, um, like a bad job but it's that I kind of just felt like I wasn't really the right fit. I was like, oh, maybe someone else could come in and do this job 10 times better than me and they'd be happier about it. And it's just like, I would do it day in, day out. And it kind of just felt like repeating the same day for about two, three years. Yeah. And a day that you didn't really like. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Who wants that? I mean, it's like Groundhog Day, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember, you know, one, that was one of the big things as we worked together was what is the big picture for your career? What does that look like? And it was just causing so much emotion for you because you had said, I've worked so hard to get to this place in my career. Now what? Now am I just going to leave this behind? And so kind of talk about what we discovered with you with where could be your big 
career focus and how you've made a pivot to incorporate what you have with accounting and what you know about yourself and where you want to go. So I think one of the big things in like Authentically Awesome was realizing there are bits of my current job that I like as in any job. And coming from like a finance point of view, we worked that we worked out that I really like teaching people. I like being able to like educate non-finance people and be like, you know what, this is how you do something. And almost simplifying the process because my life, my day-to-day job is around spreadsheets. And for me, it's really comfortable to take a spreadsheet from someone who doesn't know what they're doing and show them step by step what to do. And with the whole coaching process, I started to realize there are tiny, tiny bits and pieces of the job that I like, sort of training people, teaching them, really guiding them. And then I started to think, hang on a minute, there are bits and pieces that I like. And then we looked at the whole puzzle of sort of using bits and pieces in the current job that I like, and then looking at the things that I do for fun, the things that I do regardless of like getting paid or not, things like sort of like the blogging and the writing. And then we looked at like all the values and the thing that kept coming up again and again for me when we had all of our coaching calls was the whole need to inspire other people to help them be positive and to really kind of nurture that kind of like sort of healthy mindset and that's kind of played into a lot of what I do on Instagram now and the blogging in terms of it's almost like the core of what I do now it's like every time I come back to create a piece of content or write a blog post it's always going back to okay what am I trying to inspire people to do And it's kind of helped me create like a life mission statement. Yeah. So you're seeing, in essence, two things. First off, like you said, what you like about your job now and what you are kind of called to do, which a lot of that is teaching, right? And that's what we kind of dug into by doing your puzzle. And if you don't know what a puzzle is, that's where we do like your strengths and your values and your passions and all these different things and we put it together and then you start to see these patterns of, wow, and well, you're really good at this and you're really good at that. And then it kind of just slaps you in the face of, wow, like this is what I'm built to do. This is why I was sent to earth, however you want to see it. And so Uma saw teaching as one of those things. And so then she started to look for jobs where she could incorporate both of those things. And two, she saw a bigger life purpose. And that was something we worked on and coaching. And for her, it was spreading positivity. And so now everything that she's doing in life, be it waking up and just walking out her front door, she can ask herself, am I living my purpose? And she can even see in these mundane tasks or these tasks that she doesn't like of, hey, I'm still shining my light. I'm still doing this purpose, even in things that seem like they don't matter. Did I summarize that well, Uma, for you? Yeah, that was perfect. I couldn't have said it better myself. Okay. Okay. Got it. Good. So kind of tell us about your new job, where you're going to. What is it like? So it's actually quite a good story because even the whole interview process was different to anything like I've ever had because it's the first time I actually had to do a test at the front of the interview, which when you're already nervous, is kind of hard enough to do. But the whole process in the interview of talking to who's going to be my new boss, I realized that this job isn't, it's not a normal office job where I just, I sit down, I do the job and I go home. It's very much, it's kind of as close to a non-finance job as a finance job can be. It's about 
teaching people who aren't in finance how to use the systems, doing like new starter training, doing kind of the like the onboarding. And the minute the interviewer said that, I was like, okay, this feels like it's the perfect fit for me. And the other thing is it builds on to what I already know. So they use software pieces that I've already used, which for me was like, oh, okay. So I don't need to kind of hit the ground running. I already know the software they use. And I can kind of use my skills to be like, okay, so I'm good at communicating. I can teach people who maybe might not want to use the system. And it's kind of the first time I've been super excited to go into something new because it it feels really different. And I've got a little bit of nerves going into the new job and starting what might be a new career. But it's like it's so different from anything I've done before that I'm like, it's such a good opportunity. Yeah. And two, you wanted to work from home. And you yeah, yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, I mean, you manifested what you wanted. And that was a big thing that I wanted to teach you in that coaching process was, okay, let's figure out what it is you want. And then here's how to go get it. And you did that perfectly, Uma. <laughs> it's just so awesome. And the other thing, too, is you're making more money. And we figured out yeah. on one of our coaching calls that just in a year, you're making more money to pay back your coaching investment. And then obviously you'll grow with that. And so that's why I think when some people say, oh, well, I don't want to make that investment. How am I going to get that back? And sometimes it isn't a black and white money thing of, okay, I've made it back here. But in your case, it was, it was, wow, I've made this back. And then it's going to continue to grow from here. Um, So are you glad you invested, Uma? Absolutely. And I think more than the kind of financial investment, it's like you said, it's all the tools and it's all the things that will just exponentially grow in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so many wrong turns, I think, that you prevent yourself from, you know, like with you and Jay, for example, your boyfriend, there were periods that were tricky. And from that, it could have exploded into something where you broke up and there's just no need for y'all to break up. Yeah, I think it's funny because I got to a point where there were times where I was like, maybe he's just better off if I just do this work by myself. But then too many people kind of do that thing where they're like, I need to work on me. So I'm going to give up everything else around me. And I think that is kind of one of the things that I found with coaching. that I could have my life and still work on myself at the same time. Yeah. And he was such a great testing ground for you of, wow, yeah. I'm different with him today. Look at how he's reacting and all that stuff. Okay, so Uma, two more quick questions for you. The first is, what would you tell someone who's not sure if coaching is right for them or they're just scared to invest? Oh, I'd say, I guess this could be like a concept for anything, but the main thing is to try it. It's almost like what I found the interview process to be in that you're not trying to sort of like win the coaching contract or get to the point where you sign up. You're trying to see if it's the right fit. And I think, like, I can say this from personal experience where I looked into different coaches and I remember almost signing up with one coach before I met you and thinking, you know, I'm really excited to do this. And then I had like a consultation and it didn't feel right. And then I was like, oh, okay, maybe coaching's not right. But then I thought, okay, maybe it's just not that coach that's the right coach for me. So I think it's very important just to kind of be really open-minded and try it but to not put too much pressure on yourself in case the fit's not right. Yeah. And to listen to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and trust is this right. Is it not right right now? Yeah. And this person. 
such good advice. Okay. Last one, Uma. So where can everybody find you? I know you have a blog that you're kind of doing on the side and it's starting to grow. Tell us about that and your Instagram and anywhere else. Yeah. So I've got my blog, which is girlinblue.london. And it's pretty much a focus of where I put a lot of my positive energy. So it's a mix of sort of mindset, productivity hacks, confidence things. It's a mix of all the things I like. So I tend to post like quotes, books I'm reading, just general things that people can do that are really small things that barely cost any money, but can actually help them kind of just feel more positive day to day. Yeah. And get started on a personal growth journey. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And just get inspired. I mean, Uma's story is inspiring. It's not like she came out of this hard situation either, but it's, it's so awesome to see that her life was good and now it's great. And all it took was just a little bit of cleanup and learning a little bit of tools and a little bit of investment in herself. And now the opportunities are endless. Would you agree, Uma? Yeah, I think it's just realizing that you, you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what's out there until you sort of have a go. Yeah. And dig deeper. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think you said this when we first started kind of digging deeper into you versus your blocks, um, which was, what if this is it? What if there's not something bigger? Yeah. Than me? And that's a common fear a lot of people have. And I don't know, remember what I said back to you, um, but normally what I respond when people say that is it's totally normal to feel that way. And let's just go and explore and see what happens. And even sometimes I'll say in the, you know, six years I've been doing this, I've never had someone go through and be like, well, that was it. <laughs> you know, you should. <laughs> there's always something more. There's always something deeper for you out there. So, um, so when you gave your blog, what about your Instagram? What's your handle? Oh, yes. So it's girl in blue London. I think it's girl underscore in underscore blue underscore London. It's a bit of a long handle, but that's my Instagram account. Cool. And I'll have both the links in the show notes. Um, Uma, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us and being vulnerable. Um, we, we appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Become an Unstoppable Woman. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you get new episodes every Monday. And I'd love it if you left a review for the show too, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. If you want even more from the show, come join the conversation online in my community. Each week we break down the episode and you have a private space to ask your questions. To join, go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-E, Preston.com forward slash community. And if you feel like you're really ready to change your life, let's work together in my coaching programs. I have a free assessment that's the first step to seeing if we're a good fit. Just go to lindsayepreston.com forward slash assessment to take it now. Thanks again for tuning into the show today. I'm so grateful you're here and I'll see you next time. But until we meet again, remember my friend, you're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself, you got this.